gunfire babble. Welcome to Conwin's Corner. Exploring the stars with three modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And I'm Conwin. We're here. We've arrived. Corey, so nice to have you back. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. I said that I kind of felt like I had a limb missing the last time we were here. (laughs) Yeah, it totally felt that way. I missed it. I missed you both so much. We're glad you were doing what you were doing. Thanks. Yeah, super cool stuff. So that's the way to end the last year. Are we ready to talk about next year? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So please let it be better than this one. <laughs> oh, if you can see my face. Don't look at her face. <laughs> Don't look. Don't look at Conowin's face. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right. Wow. What a year we've had. So I want to just like preface this with, I think in the last year, and I've even mentioned this, I think previously, I underestimated the power of those eclipses. So I will not be doing that again. <laughs> we'll definitely spend some time talking about the eclipses today. I think we're just going to go month by month because I was doing, so I, I just hosted a class on this in person, which was really fun. And I try to create a graph, which wouldn't be very helpful to any of you listening to this podcast, but it shows like the intensity of the year. And it made me laugh in the, oh, I'm in trouble laugh. Because I was trying to create it, and as I'm rating the intensity scale of each one of the months, I was telling my husband, oh my god, it just keeps getting more red. (laughs) It just keeps getting more intense. There's no lower number that I can give it. It's just getting a little, wow. Here's what I'm going to say about 2024. I'm dubbing this year on the brink. We are on the brink of so many era changes, chapter, closing, opening. We are wrapping up things and moving into our next oh my gosh era and it's kind of insane when you consider we have Jupiter is going to be moving into Gemini that's going to feel like a whole different feeling but on its heels is Uranus moving out of Taurus into Gemini that is going to be another seven year long transit then we'll have following that we'll have Saturn and we'll have Neptune moving into Aries together that starts another two and a half year transit for Saturn but a 14 year transit for Neptune and then of course we cannot forget about Pluto which is moving into Aquarius just weeks away from when we're talking right now and we'll be moving into Aquarius permanently this year by the end of the year for the next 20 years and the last time it was yeah. in Aquarius was the late 1700s. What's changed since then, guys? <laughs> oh, dear. Right? Just like a couple of things. Just... Is Pluto going to be a fuckboy? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're to unpack that. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, so here's what I'll say about Pluto. Pluto is not leaving Capricorn calmly and quietly. It is going out with quite a bang. And we're going to discuss that. It's going to come at the end of this year um, pretty intensely. And I I hate to keep using the word intense, but just get used to it, folks, because that's the kind of year I think we're looking at. Now, I am... You guys know I don't like being doom and gloom. I'm not about that. But I would be being a very bad astrologer if I didn't tell you, hey, this is what's on the agenda for the year so we're gonna touch on be prepared right exactly be prepared it's been a lot the tarot poll that i did for this the first week of january for the patreon had a lot of cards in it i mean you go hey what (laughs) 
Hey, what? What? Indeed. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> like moving. I think the universe is doing us a little bit of a solid, giving us a direct Mercury and Jupiter on January 1st. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and I really feel like if we look at the tone overall of this year, the first couple months are the get your shit together because, oh, my God, <laughs> it's going to start moving real fast. Fast being a big keyword here with all of the planets moving into Gemini and then also Pluto being in Aquarius. This is air sign. This is we're looking at the future, baby. We're leaving the past behind us. We are going forward, whether you're with us or not. Too bad. This is about really like embracing all that is technology, the good and the bad, and really making innovative progress forward. I mean, gosh, when we consider this in the scope of history, when we've had transits like this, some of the most incredible inventions, discoveries were made during times like this. So we have so much potential right now looking forward to really change the scope of what reality looks like, quite honestly. And I know I've touched on this a little bit in the past too with some of the more futuristic transits we've had I really think we're getting a flavor of it strong this year and we're seeing the beginning of it last year I feel like we got a little bit of a teaser so at this point going forward I I just want to clarify when I can when I refer to last year I'm going to be talking about 2023 this last year that we've had whereas this year is now 2024 so we've arrived congratulations we've made it here we go let's plunge in so are we ready should we just start with January and let's do it okay heck yeah all right, and I have my all my dates ready. kind of all over the place, so I'm going to I'm gonna find things as we go, but I'm going to try to okay. be as clear as I can. If you guys have questions about dates, please ask me, because then I can clarify for everybody, and that'd be great. <laughs> this right. pen is trying to die on me, so there's a very real chance. I have extra. There's a very real chance that I'll be like, wait, hold yes. on, because my pen died, and I want <laughs> please. to change pens. I say this in person classes, too. Please interrupt me. I never stop talking. I need the break every now and then to, like, LOL. catch myself. <laughs> a lot of Gemini energy up in this bitch. Okay, here we go. Starting we in go. January. This is a really interesting transit. I think I previewed this a little bit in the Capricorn. We have the Sun and Pluto moving into Aquarius at the same time, like the same day within hours of each other. So Pluto's been sitting on that 29th crisis degree of Capricorn, really just kind of highlighting, you know, all the things it's wrapping up rather burning down. And it's going to move into Aquarius the same day as the Sun ingresses. So normally a Plutonic move like that is not going to be as obvious as outward, However, I believe that with the sun moving together at the same time, we have this illumination of what Pluto's doing. So last year, we had a preview of Pluto in Aquarius from about March to June of 2023. And there were a heck ton of headlines around AI scares and around, let's see, aliens coming back, right? Like we had like futuristic plutonic enemy central (laughs) come through the news. And so I don't think this is going to be any different where we have Pluto moving in and suddenly the, the sort of collective fear of things moves away from what it's been the last 15 years since 2008, as it's been in Capricorn and towards, Oh God, what is coming for us? Are we creating the end of our civilization or the end of our race as humans? What's happening? And so When Pluto comes into a new sign, it introduces us to a new collective like enemy like that. And so our our fears kind of are perpetuated toward this thing. Also, us as a collective humanity right now are so divided. And Aquarius, of course, is about bringing people together. So what is our division? It's a big enemy that we're going to have to overcome. And Pluto's here to 
destroy everything so we can rebuild, be that phoenix rising from the ashes here, right? And Pluto's going to give us this way forward. It might take 20 years to do so, but it at least is going to probably leave us better than when we the way it found us. So that's the hope. So as Pluto moves into Aquarius, I feel like this is going to be a pretty big tone shift. This is on the 20th of January. So definitely like highlight that day, especially if you have any planets in early Aquarius, because that's going to hit you. So if you're born at the very beginning of Aquarius season, if you have planets in early Leo, so if you're born at the end of July, or you have planets in the early degrees of Leo, that is going to start opposing you immediately, you are going to feel that. Same thing, early planets of Scorpio. So this is born at the beginning excuse me, at the end of October and early Taurus. So at the end of April, if you have planets in those degrees, you are going to feel this in a big way. And it's only going to get stronger as the years progress because Pluto only moves three degrees a year. And then it goes back over those degrees, like (laughs) over a hundred (laughs) times. It feels and really? so, yeah. And so it's going to just sit there and stare us down and it becomes this, oh, this looming fear thing. Um, I personally do have early planets in, uh, excuse me, I have planets in early Leo and yeah, I'm the fear stuff is really starting to build with me on some certain things. And I can just feel that plutonic like weight of, oh God, what's going to happen. And remembering that like Pluto is here to transform us through some of the deepest, hardest work. Its whole job is to provide challenges to us in order to empower ourselves, but damn, can they feel difficult. What was the other signs that you mentioned early planets? So it's going to be all the fixed signs. So Leo and Aquarius are going to feel it the most, and then Taurus Scorpio, because it's in square aspect, is also going to feel it very strongly. Cool. I have a lot of stuff in those. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't think anybody's safe from Pluto and Aquarius. Anybody? No. (laughs) planets in those early degrees, or if your rising sign is there, if one of your angles is there, so your midheaven, your IC, your descendant, you are going to definitely feel this for sure. So that 20th of January, big date to look out for. I think most astrologers are pinpointing that date as, okay, era begins here, you know. Now I will say Pluto will go into retrograde as it usually does about halfway through the year. And it will go back to that 29 degrees of Capricorn at the end of the year. In fact, I can give you the Pluto retrograde dates right now. So you have them. Pluto will go retrograde from May 2nd, 2024 to October 11th, 2024, and it will move from two degrees Aquarius backwards into 29 degrees of Capricorn. It is not quite done with its time in Capricorn. We have a little bit of Capricorn left in that very end of the retrograde period. So near October, it's going to be cleaning up what it left behind, and then it moves into Aquarius for good, and that's it. There's no more Pluto and Capricorn. When it moves into Aquarius after its first retrograde, will it retrograde while it's inside Aquarius? So it starts its retrograde at two degrees of Aquarius, and then it will go retrograde back into that 29. And then when it moves forward, right, it's going to move forward a couple degrees. The next time it retrogrades, because we typically get Pluto retrograde about every year for half the year, Uh it won't retrograde as far back as Capricorn. Got it. So it'll retrograde, but it'll stay in. Correct. Aquarius. Okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You said May 2nd? Yes. Yes. May 2nd to to October 11th. Thank you. Absolutely. And I will say overall, we're not going to necessarily feel a Pluto retrograde. You certainly won't feel it like a Mercury retrograde because again, it spends half the year here. 
it's challenging us on a much deeper subconscious level to be working through these things. However, when it moves to that 29th degree of Capricorn, especially any of you that have the later Capricorn planets or anything on the cardinal point, so that's late Capricorn, late Cancer, late excuse me, Aries and late Libra. You're going to feel that potentially again. It's only there for a couple of weeks, though. It's really not very long. So it's just that last little breath of time in Capricorn before it moves permanently into Aquarius. I'm spending a lot of time talking about this, by the way, because it is the tone shift of the year. Go ahead. Sorry, Dada. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, don't. Uh, yeah. I just want to clarify when you say if we have that. So if we have Capricorn in Venus at a certain degree, it's really going to affect us. And that's where it's going to affect us. Yeah. And what Correct? I'll say for any of the Capricorn specific planets, right, is you've been dealing with Pluto sitting on your planets now for years. So if you have those planets in late Capricorn, this is not a new feeling for you. If anything, Pluto moving to Aquarius is going to start to feel like a break. <laughs> I, I hope. I <laughs> genuinely hope that, you know, it's still pretty close in terms of orb. It's only a few degrees away. But that that new sign really breathes a different energy, a different tone into this. Mm. So it's not going to feel like this weight is on your shoulders, whereas all of our fixed sign friends, especially those with early planets, are really going to start feeling mm -hmm. this Pluto's weight now, right now. <laughs> As you two look at each other, we'll get through this together. I know I'm with you right now. I'm right with you. It's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all have planets and all signs or all we all hold all 12 signs together and within ourselves. So it affects yeah. us deeply in in many different ways. And what I would encourage you is if you are concerned or want to know how this is going to affect you, look where zero degrees of Aquarius is in your chart. Figure out where that is. If you have any planets in those early degrees, frankly, of any sign, Pluto is going to be talking to that. And I've discussed this numerous times in previous forecasts that every time Pluto is in those early degrees, it's talking to all the planets at those early degrees. So look where that is in your chart. Look what house that is. And that can give you a flavor of, okay, Pluto's probably been there for a while because it takes a long time to transit. How is a tone change in that house going to affect you? What are you already looking at seeing? Personally, I have it in my 11th house and it could not be more accurate in terms of the 11th house subjects like community and the, my hopes, dreams, and wishes having a transformative like change journey in the last few years. That is spot on, and, but in a profound way that had a lot of shadow work dealt with it. This is what Pluto's here to do for us. So you can work with this energy. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to destroy you. <laughs> it, it does come with challenges though. That is the point of Pluto. It is to make us stronger. So anyway, I spent a lot of time on Pluto and Aquarius moving in there because it is a huge part of this year. We're going to talk about even more. Here we go. Okay. Moving into February, we're going to have all of the personal planets conjoin Pluto for the first time as it's in Aquarius. So we're going to have Mars, Mercury, Venus, all conjoined with Pluto. Now I want to highlight one in particular, and this is going to be the Mars, because Mars likes to come through and just pew, pew, pew at all the different planets as it goes by, <laughs> as well as all the different squares that it has. It's kind of trying to pick a fight with everybody. It's passionate. It's here. It's ready to go. And sometimes it can just get a little too revved up and we all are like, Mars, can you please calm down? But when it interacts with Pluto. This is the god of battle. This is Mars passion. This is aggression, meeting that god of destruction, that god of power. So we can have these very explosive or decimating or annihilation-like transits that are really kind of scary in our world. And then we're all challenged with where do we go from here? So 
I wanted to highlight when Mars is going to be conjunct Pluto, and that is going to be on February 13th. It will conjoin with Pluto at zero degrees. So that's a date to look out for and definitely a potential stressor date. I'm just going to say for all of the Mars transits, quite frankly, this is these are some intense times. So I'm looking at February as, okay, we've gotten a taste of this new flavor of Pluto and Aquarius. How is it affecting you? Because all of our intimate planets are now going to start building this relationship to Pluto. Mercury, the way that we talk, the way that we think, the way that we communicate and use our transportation, use our technology. Venus is going to touch it. So that's going to be how we attract the relationships we're building, what we love, what we adore, what makes us like gives us pleasure. And then Mars, how we physically move through space, our energy, our passion, our drive, our ambition, our aggression, all of those things. How are they talking to Pluto? So we get a really big dose of this in this first part of this year and February being quite an intense month. We're also going to have it square. Mars is going to be squaring Jupiter, which kind of just makes a big deal out of things. And then another thing I wanted to mention that I saw is a really interesting interplay between Mars and Venus. So Mars and Venus move at a very similar rate. And what I noticed about their Pluto conjunctions is they are moving together, like right together for a long time because of the speeds. So they're in this dance together and they both interact with Pluto and they continue to dance together. They have a conjunction and this is going to be on February 21st. This is at six degrees of Aquarius. So I like this transit personally when Mars conjoins with Venus. I look at this as the divine masculine, the divine feminine meeting. So what's interesting to me is they're having this relationship to Pluto while in relationship with, to each other, and they're figuring out those energies. So I, I'm really curious to see how this plays out in our world during this time. If we get this kind of maybe it's masculine versus feminine type energy and however you want to work with that. I also look at it as yin and yang or expansive and reflective, right? Those two energies playing together and trying to grapple with what is this new place that we're going toward? What is this new chapter going to look like for us as a collective? And how do, do the polarity energies really intermingle and work together with this collaboratively or maybe not so collaboratively or maybe not so collaboratively? just something to look out for there. And again, they make that conjunction on the 6th of February and then Venus will pass over Mars. So if we look forward at March, we have Mars squaring Uranus, which is another god of battle meeting up with now the god of I like to call Uranus the god of breakthrough because sometimes it can be this divine inspiration, this innovation, and a lot of really wonderful things can come from Uranus. But we've talked on here often that I consider Uranus to be that tower card. So if you consider Mars meeting up with tower card energy in a square, so in a tense aspect, that can be really difficult. And we saw quite a bit of that this year as well giving us some pretty intense world events happening at the same time. So Mars, this is going to be happening um, during this time. This is also going to be our first eclipse. So on March 25th, we will have an eclipse at five degrees of Libra. This is a lunar eclipse. So be ready for this one. Venus is going to be the ruler of this one. So I don't feel like it's going to be as difficult, but contending with that Mars squaring Pluto at the same time, it's pretty difficult. I will also say that Pluto will be in sextile by this point in an opening sextile with the sun and Mercury. So we have January and February to go, okay, what are all these energies going to look like? We have the solar eclipse happening in March, right? And this might bring some surprises that this might bring in some fatal decisions, did you say lunar eclipse or solar it's eclipse? It's a lunar eclipse. Okay. Yeah. So we have this lunar eclipse coming in March, right? And this can bring in some ideas 
I totally encourage anybody, please journal during eclipse periods because stuff will come to you through the mm. veil that will change your life. And these decisions that you can make during this time can totally alter the journey of your life and introduce you to some really incredible people. This is a time when people leave and people come and go. And so it's a very profound time. So I really look at this. I kind of was saying this earlier, this January, February, March period, we're being introduced to all of this new energy. And it's okay, how are we going to work with this? Get your foundation under you. We're kind of seeing the picture develop as we're waiting, right, in anticipation for what is this feeling like? Because we're going to hit April and April brings another eclipse. And this isn't just any eclipse. This is on April 8th. We have another great American solar eclipse. So the last great American eclipse that we had was in 2017, following the 2016 election. And a lot of astrologers look at that as that was the surprise. Here you are. What are you going to do? So now we have another one happening over the United States. And it can cause a lot of faded decisions, faded periods for the United States going forward. So it's a really big one to look at. Its ruler, because it's at 19 degrees of Aries, is Mars. And Mars is busy uh, squaring and uh, with Pluto at this time. And so it's also going to be sextiling Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus. So we have, and oh, also, and it's conjunct Saturn. So we have Mars kind of talking to all of our not so happy planets, as well as Jupiter, which is making a big deal out of everything at the time of this eclipse that it's ruling. So while some people might be looking at this eclipse going, wow, this is really amazing. I want it to be amazing. I just want to caution that with all of this Mars energy, especially with Mars on Saturn, this is a real stuck between a rock and a hard place. Mars can get very triggered here because it wants to move and Saturn says no. And when we're the little Mars guy, we want to get out out of our little cage. We can get kind of triggered about it. So it's going to be some really intense times. That's I'm calling it intense because it's not necessarily a bad thing. This pressure cooker mm. of energy can cause, and I really do see this happening this year in particular, this can cause like when you have a need to invent something to help somebody or when the pressure of what's happening causes you to like work in overdrive and oh my gosh, you come up or you're so productive. You're able to do so many things because you already are in motion. There's so much Mars motion energy in this year. So I do think that these challenges that are going to be presented to us, people are going to rise to the occasion and either rise up in a very Uranian way, or they're going to <laughs> arise out of whatever divine inspiration they have in a Uranian way, in the innovative way. Our belief systems, Jupiter is going to be working, thankfully, direct for the rest of the beginning of this year while it's in Taurus. So this is uh, like encouraging us to build, right? So build your foundations, build up for the next few months and just gauge what it is. What is your relationship to what this new era is going to look like? And April will bring, I think, a lot of answers. Now, here's the really cool thing about April. This is what I, I am excited by. We have Jupiter and Uranus conjunct in Taurus, which is probably one of the biggest transits of this year, uh, if not <laughs> the last like decade, if not the last few hundred years. If you look at the tra trajectory of what Jupiter conjunct Uranus looks like. So let's talk about it. Jupiter conjunct Uranus in Taurus. The last time we had it conjunct was in 2010. If we think about how has technology changed since 2010, 
in a lot of big ways. <laughs> we have uh, it in Taurus. So I'm looking like this whole last year that we've had in 2023, Jupiter being in Taurus has um, given a lot of rise to, if we look at automotive workers, uh, writers, actors, all the strikes going on, if we look at the materials and how those raw materials or goods or foods, right, have been affected with Uranus and Taurus over the last seven years, the volatile prices, right, of all of these things. When we have Jupiter meeting up with Uranus, I look at this as, okay, this is invention in the tangible, in the mundane every day. This is people that are like maybe grassroots, like bottom of the barrel, like just trying to survive, invent something that changes the course of history. There's a lot of exciting potential with this transit. And being in Taurus, it's really about bringing something that like is useful and like very practical to our collective and to make society and the world better. One of the really exciting things I just heard about, I heard this on the astrology podcast. I just want to give credit where it's due. Uh, They were talking about how there was this AI that came up with like thousands of materials that have never been used before that we haven't been able to do the science to like figure out how to use these materials but it's introducing all these potential options that are stuff that we have on earth to use to propel ourselves forward and have a more sustainable like world and that's one of the ai things that i'm like thank you very much that's how we need ai to be working for us not dividing us further seriously right So I'm looking at technology, like providing these kinds of leaps forward where like, wow, you know, people are using this in a way that actually is really beneficial. And, you know, we're all kind of afraid of what it could bring us. But thinking about the possibility of good and Jupiter conjunct Uranus in Taurus is here to bring us those revelations. They may not happen immediately, although Uranus is that lightning in a bottle energy, so it will likely be kind of obvious. I would totally look at the news around this time. And I haven't even given the date for this yet. This is on April 20th. So this is going to be April 20th at 21 degrees of Taurus. If you have anything around these like planets, oh my gosh, please be journaling around this time. Please be writing down your ideas. Do something fantastic, like whatever it is. Do something that's Taurus-like, you know, that brings you entertainment and pleasure and security and safety and comfort, right? And do something that inspires and wants to create beauty in this world, a very Venetian concept. I love that it's in a Venus ruled sign because to me, the spirit of that is really bringing beauty and joy and pleasure to this earth. We just talked recording the same day, new year, new space about the fact that the Cherokee people call Venus, the planet, the daughter of the sun. Oh, I just love that. I do too. I really love that. It feeds into your beauty and I love it. gorgeousness. It certainly, you know, adds more, I think, historical context to the fact that are the ancients considered Venus a benefic and the sun is what yeah. gives life and brings life. And I love that. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. There's a that's lot of fun. really juicy stuff about Venus that I personally want to study just because her influence is huge. In fact, let's talk about her for a moment because we do not have a Venus retrograde this year, everyone. Thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> yep. That's okay. good. In fact, the years that we don't have Venus retrograde, Venus will conjunct the sun on June 4th at 14 degrees of Gemini. Gemini's out there. I think all air signs, this is bringing some beauty, right? Some happy, pleasure, wonderful enjoyment and good, positive vibe relationship to us. When Venus conjoins the sun, this is going to be another two and a half. I believe it's a two year cycle, two and a half year cycle. Please don't hate me if I'm wrong about that. But it's regardless, kind of acting like a new moon with 
new moon energy with Venus and the sun. So be thinking around that time in this like beginning of summertime, end of springtime, this is a really great time to just think about how do you want to do relationship better? And is there some goals that you have around this that you want to bring forward as the year progresses? So I just jumped into June. Let's rewind a little bit back into May because we have Jupiter moving into Gemini in May. So this is another tone shift, people. Jupiter will be moving into Gemini on May 25th at 4.14 p.m. Pacific time. This is going to be another propel forward, <laughs> propulsion forward, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so it's going to yeah. be when it hits Gemini, it's going to be trining Pluto, which is kind of the precursor to what we're going to get in 2025 when Uranus moves into Gemini and trines Pluto. But for right now, we get to see this nice, big, exciting Jupiter trine Pluto progression forward. So these are the kinds of... <laughs> Trine is a harmonious aspect. So these are the kinds of aspects I'm hoping to see with Pluto because now it's saying, okay, let's take all this futuristic Gemini wanting to communicate and talk and share ideas and be on the cutting edge of technology. Let's move forward in a positive, harmonious direction. So there's a lot of potential here, a lot of excitement. You said that was on the 5th? That's going to be on uh, May 25th. May 25th. Yes. So big, See, this is another big asked. date. And I would say, okay, so if you guys and out there listening, if you want to launch something, right, I would launch it before this day, if you can, because you still have Jupiter in Taurus and an Earth sign. This is going to give you a bit more solid of a foundation because when Jupiter moves into Gemini, it's going to get noisy <laughs> and it's a lot of air energy. It's a lot happening. So that's why it's so important to build these foundations and start exploring this stuff early. If you can get anything launched, that Jupiter will be in Taurus for your launch chart, right? The natal chart of whatever it is you're starting. So you have the solid earth underneath you and then ride that wave of Jupiter in Gemini, just getting the word out, right? Because that's what it's here to do. Expand communication, expand networking, expand technology. And it's going to be making that lovely trine to Pluto. And again, this is a big preview into what Uranus trine Pluto will bring us in 2025. And that transit is really interesting when you consider, oh my gosh, all the things that were invented during <laughs> the last time this happened, especially in Gemini and Aquarius. Oh my goodness. You can definitely look that up, but we're talking, I mean, first of all, if we look at our country was being ratified as a country. The Constitution was being ratified around this time. But we had Benjamin Franklin invite, inventing the bifocals and the lightning rod. We had submarines being developed. We had all kinds of things. We didn't have cell phones being developed, although that did happen. One of the last trines that happened, as well as the computer, as well as uh, a number of other <laughs> crazy things like the atomic bomb. Stuff with Uranus in Gemini. These are huge inventions that changed the scope of everything. So the last time Uranus was in Gemini was in the 1940s, while a lot of these technology for war things were created. Also, Uranus is our United States in Gemini. That is our natal Uranus. It only goes to show the United States is trying to be on that cutting edge, that new thing in technology. Gemini really wants to be up to date all the time, if not forward thinking like Aquarius all the time. So Oftentimes, those innovations can come around things that are war aggressive, right? And so weaponry is something that is typically developed also with this transit. It can cover the gambit of things. 
It's why I'm personally relieved that Jupiter's making its conjunction with Uranus in Taurus, <laughs> personally, mm-hmm. because Uranus will be trying Pluto while they're both in air signs, marking the beginning of this next phase. Again, we like a trine. A trine is harmonious, but it can make everything just super easy to, okay, everyone, we're getting together and we're inventing this thing. What will happen? And we'll see what happens. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next few years. These are big transits marking this year. This time... Can it be about peace? <laughs> I think a lot of people creativity? want that. <laughs> Could be about I, feeding people. Yeah. It's going to be a very, I mean, the reason I'm really calling this year on the brink is because we are seeing the precursors to everything that, quite frankly, 2025, 2026 are bringing us, like this Uranus trine Pluto. Um, in those years, we will also have Saturn and Neptune moving together into Aries, therefore starting an entire no- new zodiacal journey through the 12 zodiac signs. And that will bring a lot of things. That's very similar to our Civil War era, right? There's a lot of intense aspects happening that mirror history. And it's so important for us to look back at history and go, okay, let's put everything into context, see what's going on so we can move forward and have some form of preparation, but also remember like this is a new time, but we have survived through this before, right? I mean, this is not the first time Pluto has entered Aquarius. This is not the first time Uranus has entered Gemini and humans so far have survived. And hopefully we continue to do because I think enough of us out there do want things like peace and able to feed each other (laughs) and creativity and marvelous forms of like mind-blowing entertainment right? I mean, these are all things I think we do want. So I I think anything goes, the possibilities are open, wide open for what we could invent and create with this energy. And that goes for you too out there. Okay, so we have all of this exciting energy marking the beginning half of the year. Now we get to start contending with it. Stuff gets a little crazy. So I'm looking at July as a potential end of July, early August as a pretty intense period as well. We kind of talked earlier about the eclipses in April, all of the inner planets meeting with Pluto in February. These are some of the months I'm looking at as going, okay, that's going to be a lot. Wait, we're in June. Can you, you said you'd remind me what that date yes, was. Yes, absolutely. Venus conjunct the sun in June is going to be on, where is it? June 4th. And that is at 14 degrees of Gemini. So if you have anything around that degree, definitely a great transit for you. Please take advantage and build a whole new relationship with all the things you want to attract, because that's pretty beautiful. Actually, and right before that, Venus will be conjunct Jupiter before it moves into Gemini. It'll be conjunct Jupiter at 29 degrees of Taurus on May 23rd. So that whole May 25th time period is great. You have Venus conjunct Jupiter at that last degree of Taurus, and then they kind of move into Gemini together. Jupiter will have entered Gemini on May 25th, and then just a week and a half later, June 4th, the Sun and Venus are going to conjoin together, as well as Pluto will be making that trine with Jupiter once it's moved into Gemini. So what's really interesting about the top half of this year, too, is a lot of the planets are moving through the signs together in these big clumps, and then they eventually spread out as the year continues. So we're going to have a lot of these stelliums, which is concentrated energy. So we're going to have concentrated Capricorn energy right at the top of this year. Then it's going to all move into Aquarius. And we have this Pluto and Aquarius intermingling with all of our inner planets talking to each other. Then everything kind of moves into Pisces and we have the eclipses start. Then everything into Aries and then everything into Taurus and then Gemini. And by this point, things have started like kind of spreading out a little bit. But 
a lot of concentrated form of energy. So pay attention to where the sun is because that will likely give you an idea of what kind of energy is out there and see if you relate to it. And if you don't relate to it, you might have planets that are not really talking to those energies, just so you're aware. So always important to look at the natal chart. Okay, if we go into July and August, which I talked about a moment ago, this is where things get difficult. So Mars is ha- will have moved into Taurus at this point and then will conjoin with Uranus. This is typically, for lack of a better word, an explosive transit. This can look really good, but oh my gosh, please be safe out there. Please be safe out there because this is a lot of rash action, sudden surprises, trigger points, aggression. Like it can look like Mars exploding quite literally because Uranus is lightning in a bottle. So the two of them meet, it can get kind of scary. So I always Could encourage- you say that date one more time? Oh, sure. Mars conjoined with Uranus is going to be on July 15th at 26 degrees July of Taurus. 15th. But I'll tell you, they both move kind of slow. So the days around that, I'd, I'd take at least three days before three days after. That whole okay. week of July is just one to look be at. Be safe out there. Please be Check safe Check in out with there. your friends. Yes. If you're traveling during that point, make sure you have all your ducks in a row <laughs> and have everything just be ready for something to possibly go a little haywire. And who knows? Maybe it leads you down a pathway and you discover something fabulous because that is Uranian energy and action moving toward it. But please don't take any chances that are unnecessary, right? So that'll be happening Mm -hmm. July 15th. This is when the intimate planets are going to be moving into Leo. So the Sun, Venus, Mercury moving into Leo and will be opposing Pluto at this point. So that's when that relationship with Pluto is going to start becoming quite a bit more difficult. Again, we've had a break from Pluto because we all have the conjunctions. We get some trines and sextiles. We do have some squares in there, but they're intermingled with a lot of other transits. Now, as the planets have moved into opposition with them in late July, this is when we start having, quite frankly, relationships, power plays presented to us, those challenges coming. When it's in opposition, it's often from other people in our life, like coming at us with those lessons. Just be aware that it's going to hit us in more of an intimate way in that late July period. And then as we move into August, okay, so... August, we have Jupiter and Saturn are going to be squaring each other. So that's their opening square. They have not been square for quite some time. In fact, they were together. They were conjunct way back in December of 2020. This is now their opening square. So this is circumstances and life happening to start making you move forward with those uh, end of 2020 goals you might have created around that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. So think of these larger overarching themes. Square is resistance, right? This is a tense aspect. So uh, if we consider Jupiter wants to expand and get bigger and better and more optimistic and Saturn says, nope, (laughs) no, thank you. We need to play it conservatively. We need to make sure we're not like, you know, have some discipline. Here's some boundaries. Here's a lot of challenges. Here's authority saying no. So that can feel like, oh, I'm like you're stuck again, right? Saturn stuck is uh, one of those key words with Saturn. So this is happening in August. And while it happens, Mars comes along and says, hey, Jupiter, let's make a big deal out of this. We're going to conjoin in Gemini. (laughs) So Mars comes by and just pew through the whole way. Oh, and the entire month, Mercury is in retrograde. (laughs) Oh, yay. (laughs) So I I know. (laughs) It's like I'm doing the research on this whole year and I'm like, how can this keep getting more red? (laughs) It just keeps getting more red. It's just more intense. Why don't we talk about Mercury retrograde really quick once I answer Corey's question. What's the date on that Jupiter-Saturn square? Uh, Jupiter-Saturn square. That is going to be at 17 degrees of Gemini and Pisces. This is on August 19th. 
really interesting between Gemini Pisces is our mutable signs. So affecting a lot of changeability, flexibility, and also Gemini and Pisces are signs concerned with duality, right? The twins, the two fish. So something also to be aware of the polarity showing up. Um, that might be quite literally how Jupiter versus Saturn is showing up in your life. Something to be aware of. Yeah. And then because of their retrograde motion, they will also be square at the end of the year in December. And they're going to, because they move about the same rate, they're in that square for a long period. So while August 19th and December 23rd are their exact square dates, I would take honestly a week before a week after as you're feeling this energy, right? You know, and at the same time we have the Mercury retrograde. So I'm going to go through the Mercury retrograde dates really quick, actually. Um, and so the first one is going to be in April, although we are currently actually while well, recording this, we are in Mercury retrograde, but we'll, it will have gone direct one on one more day. Yes, one more day on January 1st, it is over. <laughs> so the next retrograde will be on April 1st, and it will go until April 25th. This is from 27 to 15 degrees of Aries. And Mercury is in retrograde in predominantly fire signs this year. So fire signs. Whew. Here it comes. <laughs> the, honestly, I look at this. I think personally, and this is just my opinion, Mercury retrograde in fire, I would prefer over what we've had this last year, which was Mercury retrograde in earth because it's affecting tangible items in earth, like your computer and your car okay. versus fire. This is like our vitality. This is our passion. This is our drive. It's a little bit of a, oh my God, because <laughs> remember Mercury's influence when it's in retrograde, it's very strong. It's the closest to Earth. So it's acting on hyperdrive. So really easy to get burnt out during this retrograde period this year. So keep that in mind. I have a feeling that the retrogrades and the fire signs is going to be a real trial for my anxious ass. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I want to give you a hug because <laughs> I don't know what else to it's do. true, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Because that's what's I would say happen, that or like air signs would be another one that would make a lot of anxious people just not have the best time. So... It's going to, yeah, just be aware of burnout, especially. Think of a fire getting a little out of control. Oh, gosh, what am I going to do, right? So April 1st through 25th, that's that retrograde from 27 to 15 degrees of Aries. And then in August, it will be retrograde from August 4th to August 28th. This will go from four degrees of Virgo. So it starts off in an Earth sign. Get your computer backed up before then, folks, before August 4th, <laughs> right? Get your tech backed up. Get your gas checked. Get your car checked before August 4th. And then it will move retrograde back to 21 degrees of fire sign Leo, right, until August 28th. The final retrograde of Mercury will be in November. This is November 26th through December 15th. And it will be from 22 degrees Sagittarius to 6 degrees of Sagittarius. So all through Sag during that time. Right in time for the holidays, baby. <laughs> As a, as well as a number of other things, which we will cover momentarily. <laughs> oh my in November. goodness! Those but are you know what? We're not doing like we're doing this year, which it was exactly over. You know, Yule and right, yes, Christmas and Hanukkah and all of those. Oh, yes, indeed. Okay. <laughs> but it is over my birthday next year. It is over your birthday, so, and okay. yeah. My we will touch too. on elections oh, quite heavily in just a moment. Out, what is the word I'm trying to find? Mercury's in retrograde. I can't put words together. But basically, as the ramifications <laughs> of this election season in 2024 are known, Mercury goes decides to go backwards. Thank you very much. Yeah, in Sagittarius, no less. Okay. 
All right, but we'll get there in just a moment. So that's going to be our August very, I think, like I said, middle of July to probably about middle of August, that most intense period, that late July. Oof. That's going to be an intense one. And then with September coming, we have our first eclipse in Pisces. So the nodes are going to be moving into the Pisces Virgo axis, but not until next year. So this is 2025. They will move into Pisces Virgo. Mutable signs, the nodes are coming for you. But Aries, Libra, Capricorn, Cancer, the cardinal signs, the nodes are still talking to you predominantly this whole year because that's where they're going to stay. What kind of eclipse is it? This is going to be a partial lunar eclipse on September 17th. This is at 25 degrees of Pisces. All of my mutable signs, you're probably, especially around this time, if you have planets around that 25th degree of Pisces or any of the mutable signs, so this is Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces, that is going to be an eclipse that will likely very much affect you. And you're probably already starting to feel the weight of or the pressure of these nodes moving into your signs. The north node will be in Pisces, which I'm encouraged by because it's trying to fuel society toward a sign of compassion and empathy and oneness Mm. and unity. Whereas the south node will be in Virgo. So if we take the shadow side of Virgo, that's the overcriticality, the slaving away and working until you're dead and never getting a break, right? The overperfectionism and strive for something that isn't even real, which is perfectionism. And I have to remind myself that every day. So I'm right with you Virgos Mm. if we take that shadow side of Virgo that is what we're trying to move away from as a collective and toward the high side of Pisces but again this does not start until 2025 but we do get our first eclipse in Pisces in September at the 25th degree so that's going to be happening in September October we get our next eclipse so October the eclipse is going to be right at the top of the month October 2nd this is our last eclipse in Libra it is at 10 degrees and it is a solar eclipse so this eclipse, what was, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, please. I'm so sorry. The date, did you say the 2nd or the 22nd? This is going to be the 2nd of October. Okay. So we start off the month of October. October, I'm really viewing as <laughs> the October into November is like 2024 into yeah. 2025. It's the on the brink. Oh, gosh. What are we rolling into? <laughs> so okay. October, we start off with an eclipse with a bang, right? Here we go. Uh, solar eclipse right at the top of the month. Then we are going to get the sun squaring Pluto in that Aquarius. This is a closing square. So we're wrapping up this year's journey with what did Pluto and Aquarius mean? Although Pluto is not in Aquarius at this point. It is in Capricorn. So just something to be aware of. So we're going to be at that final last degree of Capricorn as the sun makes it square. And then Mars will be trining Neptune around this time. The sun and Mercury will be trining Jupiter, but Jupiter will go into retrograde. And let me give you the Jupiter retrograde dates really quick. That's going to be from October 9th, 2024 to February 4th, 2025. It's going to move from 21 degrees of Gemini back to 11 degrees of Gemini. So Jupiter spends a good portion of the year in retrograde every year. This is why it stays in that one sign for about the length of a year, and it starts on October 9th. Can you one more time give me the where the solar eclipse sure. is? Sure. That one is going to be at 10 degrees of Libra. Thank you. Absolutely. We got to get all this in. Yeah. <laughs> Mark where so this Connelly- is happening in your charts. Yes. Yeah. What does that mean? The last thing that you said, the Jupiter until February. So Jupiter moving. It goes from October. Yeah. into So what I'll say is wherever Jupiter is making 
it's like Gemini aspects in your chart, mm-hmm. that house is going to see some form of an expansion in your chart. So whatever Gemini okay. is ruling, expect Jupiter to expand that area of your life a little bit. Bring some optimism, bring some open doorways, some joy. When Jupiter goes retrograde, so it's funny, we had a really interesting experience currently with Jupiter and Taurus. And I'll give this example because I think it really well articulates what I'm trying to say. I had Jupiter enter my second house. This is money. This is finances, possessions, home, all kinds of things. And when it moved, I started getting all these like open doors opportunities as that happened. This is last May of 2023, which was really cool. I was very excited. Jupiter went retrograde in September on September 1st. And suddenly we had all of these things happen in our home, like our, like all within the same, I think, couple of weeks, we had our garage get completely torn apart. We had our hot water stop working. We had like car troubles. We had, I think at one point our heat like completely went kaput. I mean, just like things and stuff in the house, like light bulbs exploding, all kinds of crazy stuff. But what was really interesting in a very Jupiterian way, every single one of these things, like we somehow miraculously were able to like, okay, we'll be able to take care of this. Like it, it didn't have such a horrible effect. Now, I don't know if that was the optimism, the joy of Jupiter and just making it a little bit easier. Wow, this is a really big problem that we're suddenly having out of nowhere. And it's costing us a lot of money. (laughs) But it could have been worse. (laughs) Could have been a lot worse. Right. So if that's something you experienced recently, because as we're recording this, Jupiter has been in retrograde since September 1st, you might have experienced that in that house in that sort of oh gosh, I was getting all these opportunities and like open doors in this area of my life. And now suddenly it feels like everything's closing in. It's going to start to ease up a little bit. And then as Jupiter moves into its next sign, that can also happen in whatever house that is. So as Jupiter goes retrograde at the end of this year into the following year of 2025, you can expect the same kind of thing. The other thing I'll say with Jupiter in retrograde, because it's the planet of belief, Jupiter retrograde gives us the opportunity, right? We're the closest to Jupiter at this point in its transit. So Earth being closest to Jupiter, Jupiter is not really heavy. It's buoyant, (laughs) but Jupiter's Mm -hmm. influence is very strong. So it's making us consider, reconsider our beliefs, having to not only stand up for what we believe in, but go... What is it we actually believe in? Am I walking the walk? Am I talking the talk? Am I, I'm being presented with things that are making me question my morals, question my values. So Jupiter's presence and influence is very strong at this time. And it's causing us to reconsider all those great retrograde words, right? What Jupiter's influence in our life is, especially wherever it is in your chart in that house. So hopefully that gives people something to look at for Jupiter Thank in you. October. Absolutely. So as we move through October and then into November. Okay, so November 3rd, I would say, is probably one of the most difficult transits. We are going to have Mars opposing Pluto. Now, Mars opposes Pluto all the time. This is not something new to us. But this is the first time Mars will be opposing Pluto while Pluto is in Aquarius. This whole new era coming in, except that Pluto's not in Aquarius yet. It's at 29 degrees of Capricorn. (laughs) And Cancer... 29 degrees is where Mars is sitting. So that final, what some consider the crisis degree of these signs, the very last light of Capricorn and Cancer, we have one more big bang before those planets leave. And Mars will be shortly after that going into retrograde. So it's going to spend three months in Cancer. We all have a lot of Mars in Cancer to get used to at this time. For the United States, Mm -hmm. that's two days before the election. It It is. Yeah. I should also mention that two of the debates are scheduled right over the eclipses that we're having in the fall. Wow. 
So I would definitely be ready for some big surprises around all of the elections. A lot of drama mm-hmm. happening. Um, again, there's this question and it's only going to get more it's only going to get louder, which is what is actually real. This is a big scare that we've had with the Pluto and Aquarius mm-hmm. energy as propaganda lies. AI technology is becoming so good. It's really hard to gauge what is real. Please be skeptical. <laughs> Question. Don't just take it at okay. face value, especially with this election, because people are going to try to pull things over on us. Be aware. Be more responsible for what you're seeing and shouting and talking to and sharing with people. Make sure that it's coming critical, from something real. Critical consumption, friends. Exactly. Right. That's critical. the name of the game. <laughs> Check your sources. The one. Are there more eclipses? So after the Libra eclipse in October, there are no more eclipses in 2024. Okay. Yeah, that is the last okay. one, October cool. 2nd. I really will just say, I mean, we're facing off with a very <laughs> loud election season. And that Mars opposing Pluto, Pluto's got one last big bang before it leaves Capricorn. I think this is going to be a really clear indicator of, okay, what is the culmination? What is this denouement of Pluto and its time since 2008 in Capricorn going to look like? What is its final word? And Mars squaring, excuse me, Mars opposing that in Cancer. Mars in Cancer, when it's opposing Pluto, that is like, there are hidden threats. There's a paranoia. I need to make myself secure. I have to defend. I have to, I have the claws come out, right? This is, think a crab threatened. That is Mars facing off against big bad Pluto in its 29. I love it. Thank you, Corey. Yes. Beautiful. All tens across the board. (laughs) I love it. We've got like a serious crab over here. I love it. That is what we're looking at. Thank you for bringing some brevity to this because I don't want to be doom and gloom, but this is happening on November 3rd. Yeah, I'm just going to call I'm just going to call November the serious crab month. It's a serious crabby month. Absolutely. Yes. So that's happening. Um, The same day (laughs) we have Venus opposing Jupiter, which normally I don't hate that transit because Jupiter and Venus are benefics, but they tend to make a big deal out of stuff. So... It's going to feel big. It's going to feel very loud. Who's Venus opposing? So Venus is going to be opposing Jupiter. So Venus will be in Sagittarius at that point, opposing Jupiter. I can give that exact degree, actually. Gosh. That will be, I know, (laughs) November 3rd. This is at 19 degrees of Gemini and Sagittarius. Isn't that not so great for relationships? Is that what that's? It can look like like, making a big, think Jupiter, right? Jupiter's always trying to expand. So if we have Venus opposing Jupiter, (laughs) it can be like, whoa, that's a lot happening. Or, oh my gosh, I feel so excited about this. Yeah. Yeah, Why are you feeling so like Venus is in Sagittarius. She's ready to be like, peace out. I'm done. This sounds like too much commitment. I'm out. (laughs) You know, a little bit flighty, right? Like, She's like ready to right. have fun, and Jupiter is getting a little too serious. In Gemini, no less, and and also that- Jupiter being in Gemini can be a little too flighty. Yeah, let's just have relationship with everybody. And Venus is that sounds like a lot of drama. I'm out. Bye. That <laughs> sounds like a time where communication is going to be wicked. Important. Oh, communication is going to be the only thing happening. It's just going to be very loud. Like when I say loud and noise. Jupiter in Gemini is bringing a lot of talk. 
it's really exciting when you consider these are people talking, we're making connections, the internet is like such a huge part of this. But oh my God, the internet is such a huge part of this. Please, one of the things I said to my class yeah. last night, remember that the relationships you have in person are just as, if not you have such a huge influence on the people right here with you. Yes, you can send your voice out into the void. You can talk to people online. You can build beautiful community online, as you guys have, right? But also, the, the scope of influence that you have with just the people in your life, remembering to build those face-to-face relationships as well, are so important. Keep context, keep perspective during this time. And just be ready for that the whole week of that first week of November, it's going to be loud. It's going to be very loud. So what do you need to do to cope with that? Like really? And obviously there's a lot happening at the time. A lot of people are going to feel very passionate and like good on you. Feel passionate. Do what you believe is right. But don't burn out all your vital, like vitality and energy in doing so. So you can't be of help to let alone yourself, but everyone that you're trying to help at that time. It's going to be so important for us to conserve our energy this year. Mars is making so many big transits and picking so many fights. And that can show up as us feeling very burnt out, right? And it's all in preparation for what this next big thing is going to be. So the pressure's on. I just want people to know you can take a step back. Please do it because you show up as a better person when you've had that rest and revitalization and reflection in this world. So yeah, (laughs) I'll get off my soapbox now because I'm out of steam. (laughs) But this is going to be... Somebody quick, get more wood for the steam. (laughs) Right, get more wood. She's already burned out and the year hasn't even started. Oh my God. No, no, I'm not burned out. We're feeling good. It's going to, it's going to be okay, guys. We're just going to hold hands. It's going to be okay. <laughs> so November, there's a lot that's going to, and then Mercury goes into retrograde as does Mars. So let's talk about the Mars retrograde really quick. Mars will be in retrograde this year. It goes retrograde at the top of December. This is December 6th of 2024 through February 23rd of 2025. It will move from six degrees of Leo back to 17 degrees of Cancer. Throughout this retrograde, it is going to oppose Pluto three times. uh, The first one will be in that 29th degree of Cancer, opposing Pluto at 29 degrees of Capricorn. The following two are going to be opposing Pluto when it is in Aquarius. So hopefully that makes sense. I can give the dates for those as well, actually. So that first opposition at 29 degrees of Cancer and Capricorn is that November 3rd. It's going to stay here a long time. That scope of influence is not just on that day. Think a week previous, a week afterward, because Mm -hmm. Mars is moving really slow. The next opposition is going to be January 2nd. And again, that is when Pluto is in Aquarius and uh, Mars is in Leo. So a lot of big stuff. (laughs) We have January 2nd for that date at the top of the following year. So that opposition will probably feel like a repetition of what happened in November. However, with a little bit of a different flavor now that the the two planets are in new signs. So that's where we're Mm. at with that. And finally, December, as I said, we'll have Mars in retrograde. Mercury will have just moved out of retrograde. Jupiter will be in retrograde. And Jupiter and Saturn are going to be in that square. We talked about that in August. This is happening again, but this is going to be in retrograde. So they're moving together at the same pace. They're going to be in a long square together. And then because Mars will be still opposing Pluto, moving very slowly, and all of the personal planets, because they're going to be moving through Sagittarius, will be opposing Jupiter at this time because Jupiter's over there in Gemini. 
So I really look at... What are the personal planets? Personal planets. (laughs) Thank you. That's so Venus will have already made an opposition to Jupiter a while back, which we talked about. That's the on November third. Mm-hmm. Mercury and the Sun are going to be making those oppositions as well. So okay. those two together. I really look at the end of this year, honestly, in October, if not September's eclipse, right? As this begins that ramp up into what 2025 is going to look like, where we have all of these outer planets really making these huge shifts, right? Pluto staying in Aquarius mm-hmm. now for 20 years. Saturn and Neptune are going to be moving into Aries in 2025. Uranus is going to be moving into Gemini in 2025. Jupiter will be moving into Cancer in 2025. So a lot of big overarching entire collective is involved energy is shifting in 2025. And September, I think with that eclipse really starts ramping us right into what that's going to look like. But we get a lot of teasers throughout this year. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I would. I wasn't meaning to look at Conowin like that. (laughs) I have a question for you. I know that the title of the year is On the Mm -hmm. Brink. That's just the title I made up, too. I'm, I'm not that connected yeah, to it. I mean, like yeah. I'm, I've now Works accepted that as okay. canon. Thank you. Because it helps me to conceptualize what the vibe is. If you had two or three big suggestions for taking care of ourselves over the course of this year, what would they be? The first one, first and foremost, being that conserve your energy. So whatever that means to you, honestly, if that's sitting in front of a TV and, and relaxing, great. Love it. If that's exercising and taking care of your body and making things simple, that was one of the posts I saw recently on Instagram. It was great. It's If things get overwhelming and stressful, simplify your life. Conserve your energy. Focus on what is right in front of you, right? So conserving your energy is huge. I love these questions, Corey, because they really challenge me. And it's so great. So the first one, conserve your energy. Secondly, be open-minded because as much as yes, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of overarching, oh my gosh, what is technology bringing us? Remember that this can help you. And I think if we can remain open-minded to the possibility that things could get better, right? We can't close ourselves off to that. We can't just assume it's all going to get bad from here on out, that everything is horrible and humanity is at an end, right? Because we have the potential here to continue the cycle and to continue past this transit and make it good. And it is going to take our innovators. It's going to be our innovator. I can't say this word today. <laughs> it's going to be innovators. innovators. Thank you. Innovators. It. Innovators. It's going to be those with inspiration, those with a true futuristic Aquarian dream for the future, yeah. a wish for humanity. That's going to be what brings us to a better place and allow Pluto to do the work it needs to do to make us a better, more connected, unified humanity. So please be open minded. Don't become nihilistic in this because. It's going to be so easy to feel like, how can little tiny me make a difference in this huge, overwhelming power of what is coming? You are just as important of a part of this as every single other person. And you have divine power, let alone power. And you were put here to use what you what gifts you have inside of you to make this world a better place and to connect and bring joy and bring value and chase what is valuable. I think that might be my last point. Chase, go after, there's so much, there's so much Mars passion in this year. So chase what it is that brings your life true value, right? 
<laughs> if you are spending your energy, this is like going back to my first point. If you are spending your energy doing things that you know are not bringing value to your life, you are going to be burnt out. So whatever you can yeah. do to focus on, is this bringing value, true value to my life? Am I feeling valued in my life right now? Am, am I bringing value to other people in my life right now? That is what gives life meaning. Put your energy, your passion, your vitality, your drive toward those things, right? And let the rest go because your energy is precious. And this year, it's going to feel so loud and noisy. You've got to be able to sift through this and find the thing that you care about. I hope that was like three succinct enough points. <laughs> that was gorgeous. I think it was great because it's so clear what you said about creating the physical space around you, what's in front of you yes. physically. The computer is physical, but it is out there and it can get overwhelming. And if things break right. down... You need to have those connections on the ground. You need to have those neighbors. Get to know your neighbors. We know our neighbors and we're, we've been having little parties and getting to know the entire block. Oh, I know. They are wonderful human beings and already we've helped each other out. So really reach out. Gosh. I just thought that was great advice I, and I wanted to re-emphasize Well, Jupiter it. and Gemini, that is exactly what I hope everyone yeah. <laughs> take a cue from our, our ancestors of the past. Getting to know when networking with people meant going and meeting your neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> like when you needed firewood that could hook you up, right? Yes. That is take that cue and build those networking connections. Yes. Infuse that energy yeah. of Gemini into your life. Building those like talking, making relationships, sharing ideas. But do it in a way that is meaningful, that brings value to you and that person's life and is in a tangible manner. I think it's so important. Yes, Dada, everything you said. Yes. I see as much as this year has a lot of, oh my gosh, like just what Pluto's influence is really strong, I think, because I'm seeing this as, wow, there are so many possibilities for how this could go so wrong. And it feels so much <laughs> bigger, right, than anything yeah. I can deal with. Um, and it's very Plutonic where it's this it's almost, uh, you don't really know what Pluto's threat is, right? A Mars threat is literally the guy coming at you with the sword. Pluto is what if, oh God, possibility, right? Oh, great. And that's so what I need help with. <laughs> that's what I need help with is well, having more of those conversations of, but what if this terrible, weird thing happens? But, you know, and that's Pluto's influence. So when it's bearing down on us, it, it feels like so much bigger than what we can even conceptualize, let alone rationalize or deal with in the present moment. And we have to remember, you can take that same feeling and apply it to, okay, but look at the good possibilities that can come of this because so much of the past that has brought these same transits yeah. has brought really lasting change. One May of the things I... I will also say. Yeah. Right. You know? Yes. Because the old white men are dying. They have ah! to die. They have to die. And those young people, Greta and David Hogue and all those young people who want exactly what you're talking about. They're the innovators. And that just gives me so much hope for this next summer, rather than going down a horrible rabbit hole, that something good will happen. When I will also say as well, when we have Pluto and Aquarius, right, it is opposing Leo. Leo is the king. And in the last time we had Pluto and Aquarius, we had the French Revolution and we had the, the makings, the beginnings and the durings yep. of our American Revolution. And what was that about? Right. And granted, there's a lot of history that I'm not going to get into. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, it goes along with this. But the feeling of 
the king is no more. We're not going to yeah. do that anymore. We as a collective are rising up together. I'm looking so for a third candidate. About... Everybody, I'm looking for a third candidate. <laughs> God, please. You know, we're looking, but we're looking right now at, okay, so who is our royalty, right? In, in this mm-hmm. day and age, who are we overthrowing, quite frankly, because that their time is over. That Elon is what Musk. Pluto is here to do. And Brilliant. again, I'm yeah. handing that out to everybody because I think a lot of people have a lot of opinions about this. I'd love to you know, hear them too. Just can we just put that out there to the listeners? Who are the people that you want to overthrow? And maybe it's a personal overthrow. Maybe it's yeah. in your personal life. Really big. Think about what systems are holding you back yeah. and how you can overthrow yeah. them. I know that a lot of people, including myself, are still fighting the student debt fight. Yeah. And a lot of people think that is a bullshit piddly thing to be thinking about right now there are more important things going on and yeah there are (laughs) and do you know how much more people will be able to focus on those things if they were out of predatory debt do you know how much innovation would happen if everybody just had six hundred dollars a month on top of their jobs yeah that's already been proven yeah i that's where i want to put my focus conowen that's what i want Pluto to be focusing on. There's a, there's a oppression handbook, and two of the main factors are three, I guess: keep people poor, keep people exhausted, and keep people stupid. And we have the power to make a world where we are none of those things, except that it keeps the people in power to have us be those things. So, like, how can we overthrow the systems that keep us poor yep. and exhausted and ignorant? Spoken like a true Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? It's true. <laughs> Welcome to my birthday month. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> Just kidding. My solar return really proved this time that I don't only live once. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Kana went straight up. You've been here a while, huh? Yeah, dog, I have. Yeah. Thanks for noticing. I try to be validating, at least. <laughs> at the very For least, sure. astrology can really tired. validate what's going on. Oh, yeah. My spirit is tired. <laughs> oh, she needs a nap. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Take your naps this year. That's the last oh, piece of advice go. I'll say. Take your damn naps. Take your Take naps. Your snacks. <laughs> and did we interrupt something you were moving to? If you did, no? I forgot it. So oh, we're good. It's there. We're, we've made... I'm I lost my voice yesterday. I managed to keep it today, which is good. But oh, it's going to be it's going to be a year, folks. So I'm heckin proud I will, of you. I mean, as long as YouTube will still have me, I will be with you every month of the Yay. way and try to my best to clarify what's going on, validate you, what's going on. Are you kidding? If you tried to leave, I think my heart would break <laughs> into five no, million shattering pieces. I would I'm cry so anywhere. hard. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I promise. <laughs> if anything, hopefully you'll be seeing a lot more Conowin across all of the internet because I'm taking this Jupiter and Gemini to mean get out of the house. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. And in an internet way and in a physical way, which is very exciting. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be quite the ride of a year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. I hope everyone has a blessed, wonderful 2024. And I genuinely really hope that (laughs) we're all in this together. Together. (laughs) Krabby crayons. Okay. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everyone. (laughs) And until next time, be well. Act with intention. And don't forget, you are 
magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.